is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with Nelson Freitas over Zoom video. Nelson was born and raised in Holland and talks about how he got into music, comes from a musical family. Grandma was huge into music. In her 70s, she was discovering artists like Pharrell and Beyonce and kind of turning Nelson on to, to those artists, which is really incredible for a 70-plus-year-old. His uncles were also very musical. One of his uncles is a producer and a, a DJ, and his two nieces are incredible singers, and he's actually utilized them on some of his records and uh, live performances as well. But he talks about carrying his uncle's record crates to different shows that he was DJing, eventually starting a production duo with his uncle where they would produce uh, songs for a bunch of different artists, he took drum lessons as a kid, as well as vocal lessons. He talks about forming his group Quattro Plus and how they achieved success and eventually put out four albums. He tells us about leaving that group to start his solo project and the anxiety that that caused. But that first album was majorly successful. He went from playing clubs of 1,000 people to 10,000 within just three months of starting as a solo artist. And Nelson also talks to us a lot about uh, one of his songs that had came out in 2018 and then started to really pick up uh, via TikTok in 2021. And he tells us all about his brand new album, which is called Black Butterfly. You can watch the interview with Nelson and myself on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, Google Podcasts, please rate and review us there as well. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Nelson Freitas. Awesome. Well, nice to meet you, Nelson. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Nice to meet you too. <laughs> awesome. So uh, my name's Adam and uh, this podcast is about you and your journey in music and we'll talk about the album you have coming out um perfect next, next month indeed. it's a few few more weeks to go yeah not much time it's exciting yeah right on well uh first off uh, you're born in holland is that what i saw yes correct okay. i was born in holland parents are from cape Verde. oh they're from cape Verde. okay so what was it like being, did you go back and forth quite a bit or just stay in Holland or? No, I was born there. I stayed there. We went on vacation, started going on vacation when I was really young. And once I got the taste of, you know, the islands, you always go back, you know, it's like sure. it's home. That's awesome. Do you come from a musical household at all or creative household? Uh, most of my family is very, very creative. Um, my nieces play the violin, the, 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 the strings. Uh, we have guitar players. We have singers. I always say, like, in my family, I'm probably the worst um, musician. <laughs> with You're the, the most worst musician? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, my nieces, when they start singing, it's like they sing, like, Whitney Houston and stuff. It's like, it's crazy. Mind-blowing. <laughs> Whoa. Have you ever had them on any of your records? 
I did. Doing background, I incorporated them in, in my shows. You know, always trying to pull the family in, you know? That's awesome. That's really cool. I'm sure they were so stoked on that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Are they fairly are they fairly young? I know this is about you, but now I'm curious about your, your Oh no, yeah, they're in their twenties, twenties, thirties. Okay. Um, but they've always been, you know, on music, piano and whatnot. It all comes from my grandmother who was really into music. Like my grandmother was seventy something and she would tell me, Hey, Pharrell got a new song out, or Beyonce got this concert, you have to see it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Whoa! So she was seven. You said seventies, and she's that hip to like. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like Beyonce and Pharrell were her favorite singers, and also uh, artists called Joe, Joe from USA. Okay, I don't know Joe, but that's rad. Yeah, uh, that she's yeah. in Beyonce and uh, Pharrell and stuff, and and to be that hip at that old age and be like, hey, exactly. that's, you got to check out these artists. Exactly, and she would always say when she when she would see a big concert. She would always say, like, you guys need to do a concert like this. We were just getting started. And she was like, you guys need to sell out arenas and stuff. <laughs> You're like, yeah, we'd love to do that. <laughs> we'd love to. We're not there yet. Yeah. Has she seen you perform in a big st stadium like no, that? No, my, gra my grandma passed in 2008. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, that's... No, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, thank you. But it's okay. I mean... When I did my first big show in 2013 in a, in a Coliseum mm -hmm. and recorded a DVD, like I dedicated it to her. That's awesome. That is amazing. So she kind of yeah. got you into music then? Actually, no. My, oh. Her sons, my uncles, uh, grew up with my, I grew up living with my grandma half of the time because my mom had two jobs. Mm -hmm. So my uncle was a DJ. My oh, uncle was okay. a DJ. I started carrying the records for him to the clubs, and I would That's always cool. hang out a little bit longer than I than I than I could because I was really young. Mm -hmm. So he would always practice in the house. So the music comes from there. His his brother was a producer. So the production side I learned from him. We even had a point that we were like a duo in productions where we used to produce for a lot of different people um back in the days so but i learned everything there like seeing copying I, I would always do everything my uncle's did anyway so you know wow that's really awesome so were you fairly young when you started uh you know working with him or learning from him yeah 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 i mean we started first of all in a, in a break dance group they were doing break dance i was doing break dance they were doing the r&b dances i would do i was doing the r&b dances Whatever they did, I did. They created a group. I created my own group just to be, okay, I want to be like you guys. You understand? So it's like, it's always trying to follow like the role models. They were like, kind of like a role model for me. So everything started there. Wow. And what about an, an instrument aside from learning production? Were you, did you pick up piano or anything like that as a kid? I picked up, I picked up piano. I picked up the drums, but basically just the basics, just for me to program my stuff. Just when, when I had an idea in my head, I would like start it on the keyboard, you know, then I, I started taking drumming lessons just because I love drumming. And I used to program a lot of drums, like back in the day, like in production, in, in, when we were a production duo, I would do all the drums mm -hmm. and just lay that initial idea and he would finish it or, or, or vice versa. He would just start 
with a bass or with, with keys and I would lace the drums and we would write it together. I mean, that's how the whole process started. Wow. At what age were you when this, when you started writing? Like wow. That? This was the early, early 20s because before that, it was a lot of uh, dancing and a lot of just singing, you know? Okay. You know, we started singing by coincidence because, again, we were dancers and then we started rapping. And then somebody said, like, hey, have you guys ever did a song singing? You just try it. You never know. We tried it and people loved it. And we're like, you know what? Let's take singing lessons. Then you start going taking singing lessons. And now you're rolling into it slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. And and then when, I, when we released the first song as a group, people really loved it. And we're like, wow, okay, because you're... You're always comparing to other artists from USA, and and Michael Jackson was the biggest artist, you know, back then. So it's like if you don't sound like Michael Jackson in your head, it wasn't good. But sure. we 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 needed to learn to have an own sound, a, a particular sound of yourself. And luckily, my voice it has a, a, a something to it that people gravitate to it. So it's like so you find your own voice which was the hardest part. But when I found my own voice, it's like, then we just started going, you know? Yeah. You actually worked on, was in the new record with uh, somebody that produced with uh, Michael Jackson, right? Ted Riley. Yes. Ted Riley. I'm, I've always been a fan of Ted Riley because, you know, as a producer, as a, as a, as a songwriter, he was always just super dope. And I got to meet him in Cape Verde a few years back. He called me up for a, a studio session, a, a writing camp. And from that writing camp came my last single, actually, which is Black Butterfly. Yeah, I just released it last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was amazing, man. Amazing working with him, working alongside his legend, his work with Michael Jackson, work with a lot of, lot, a lot of great artists. And just the humbleness that he has and in teaching us like hey guys maybe we can do it this way and even listening to our opinion the way he did it was just beautiful did you let him know that you know when you were growing up michael jackson's voice was kind of the, the oh come on the of course bar of what you were trying to shoot for <laughs> of course of course of course you know we spoke a lot that was the beauty of the of the of the campus first we got to know each other before we even started making music so it's like yeah. he was sharing here with his experience, me sharing my experience on and 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 everything I've been through and and listened to and his productions and the way he created that new jack swing sound. So he definitely knew, you know, that I love that sound. <laughs> That's cool. That's I mean, what a what a honor to be able to work with somebody oh, yeah. that you looked up to for for, for so sure, long. For sure, for sure. You were talking about putting out, you know, those early, early records and, and people telling you, you know, you, yeah, you can rap, but you should start or, you know, Singing. sing, yeah. right? Was right. that when you that. were in, were you in Quattro, was that the Quattro Plus group that you had? Yeah. Played? Yeah. We, uh, I formed the group because of people saying like, hey, you guys should do something and sing. Mm-hmm. And me, I was always a shy guy. I was really shy. I, I never wanted to be up in in the front um, even now, I'm like, I, I'm not that guy that's, I'm loud, I'm out there, you know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. like I created the group just as a, you know, we friends, we chilling, you know, and it's always safe, you know, you're, you're traveling, the four of you, you're four on stage. And we did one song uh, just for fun again. 
And then people started asking, hey, when is the album coming out? And we're like, what? We never thought about making an album. So now wow. we got to do an album. So now I'm calling producers and seeing how we can do this, you know. And we got two producers for the album. They did the whole project for us. I mean, we gave all all, all the ideas and, and, and that process was beautiful. For me, it was the learning, a learning process and how to do that. So from that, we did four albums. And then on the fourth one, I was, I was already on different ideas because I was forming myself in the group. Mm. You know, it was a it was a safe space and a, to 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 evolve as an artist myself because we didn't know what we were doing. And in the group, it was all beautiful. It's a boys band, so it's like you roll with it, you know. But sure. you, we did we did mistakes that as a solo artist, it would be it would have been like it's over, you know. <laughs> Right. You guys all work together and in, in, in this and growing together. And then at one point or at, towards the end of it, it sounds like you just were finding yourself and then went exactly. on your solo career. Exactly. Exactly. So I released my solo career in 2007. And from that point on, it was it's always been like, good. Thank God. Was that a difficult decision to make? Like, uh, were you guys still pretty strong at that point? Or did you kind of start seeing the, the end of? Uh, of that, you know, kind of, you know, your life. here's the thing. When you start a group as friends, you know, you start a group as friends, you're just playing around, you're fooling around and stuff. And at the end of the day, eventually, you know, it becomes more work. Mm -hmm. And you could, you could see that some of them, some of us were doing way more than the others. Mm -hmm. And that's when you start saying like, guys, we need to do more this. Guys, we need to do more that. Guys, we need to practice more. Oh, guys, we need to do, take singing lessons. I was like, ah, we good like this, you understand? So from that point on, I started giving them hints, giving them hints. And then I was like, guys, you know what? So I'm going to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. But in doing so, I didn't leave them like immediately. I said, we're going to do one more album. So you guys can get used to the idea. <laughs> still make some money. Still make some money. Yeah. And that's what we did. You know, we did the album. In the middle of doing the last album with Quattro, I was already doing my own album as well on the side. And yeah, we parted as friends. Wow. Yeah, because you put out your first solo album the same year, right? As the last Snow Street the year after. Oh, the year after. Okay. Yeah. So that last, was tour, it difficult? The, kind of. Sorry, go ahead. No, as I was saying, the tour with, with, with the last album with Quattro was so intense that we traveled all over Africa for like almost a year. We got exhausted. Oh, man. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. A year on tour straight? Like, I can't even imagine. No, not, not, not straight. I mean, oh. it's, you, know, you go back and forth, but it was a lot of, you know, a lot of in Angola, in Mozambique, in Cape Verde, and those in Portugal. Yeah. yeah. But that's still, wow, that's a lot for sure. Um, yeah. Was it difficult to kind of jump back and forth between what you were doing uh, solo versus uh, Quattro? And, and you did your first album, you had songs in English as well, right? And was most of Quattro not in English? Most of Quattro was not in English. I actually started doing English... Let me see if I'm saying this correct. Yeah, on my solo. On my solo, because a lot of people were saying, like, in Holland, like, hey, we love the sound, we just don't understand it. And oh, I was like, and, 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 and that was something that I, that I told the group, hey, guys, maybe we should start doing stuff in English. And they didn't really like, 
fully feel that. So I was like, you know what? Okay, let's leave this card for when I go on, on my solo trip. Mm-hmm. And on my solo trip, that's actually my biggest songs are in English. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, that's wild, especially, I mean, that first album you had, you know, Kygo and, and Kesha, and like you had these huge artists on that yeah. right out the gate. Yeah. I, I mean, mean crazy. I mean, that was, connect. you know, you build connections with traveling. We mm-hmm. traveled the world. We, we met so many people. And most of, most of the people were even starting as well. Like I got song with DJ Hardwell, which is a huge producer now. Mm-hmm. I mean, try to get a song with him now. It's going to be way harder. <laughs> Back then, <laughs> yeah. everybody was starting, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Was it when you went on your first like solo tour or even like putting out that first solo album, were you concerned at all or were, were nervous? Do you have any anxiety of the fact that, you know, maybe it wouldn't land the way uh, the Quattro stuff worked? Oh, 100%. You know, I was the lead singer in Quattro. Mm-hmm. Me and uh, Nilton, there's two guys. When I released my first solo album, people wondered like, hey, where's this guy coming from? He's new. I was like, you listen, I've been in Quattro. I did four albums. Like, oh, we never saw you. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I say I'm always in the background you know what I'm saying so I'm always very chill I sing but then I'm chill and everybody was loud everybody had the tattoos the dreadlocks you know they were the, the, the smooth the smoother guys when they put it this way and 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 me I was more focused on the work they were more uh-huh. they were focused on like getting the girls and stuff like that you know what I'm saying like yeah not all of them just you know the benefits of, of, uh, yeah, of exactly, being a star exactly exactly <laughs> So when, when I did my first gig, yeah, I was very, very nervous. I was like, wow, if people didn't even know that I was in Quattro, I'm literally starting from scratch. Yeah. Like it's zero. How are people going to react to me? And you know what? From day one, we had sold out houses everywhere I went. Everywhere. Wow. It was amazing, actually, because, you know, you start doing those houses with a thousand people. And I went like within three months, I was doing 10,000. Well, that's unheard of. I mean, there's artists yeah. that have been around for, you know, 15, 20 years that still can't sell more than a thousand tickets. Yeah. No, I'm saying like, yeah, I always say, you know, it's a blessing, you know, I can, I can never say, yeah, I did it all by myself. I mean, right. I think uh, it's a blessing, you know, it comes from up above. To have that kind of, uh, to gain that kind of momentum early on, especially as a solo artist, um, was that? Ba- did you have a song that was on the radio, or did you have a song that was doing really well? Like, how did, or was it all just word of mouth? Like, oh man, you guys got to check this dude out. He's he's rad. No, we had a lot of songs playing on the radio, and again, I have to refer back to where we where our music was when major, like Quick Fast, which was Cape Verde, Angola, Mozambique. Like we were mainstream artists out there in Portugal, for example, I was still doing clubs in Holland and I traveled with like USA and, and Europe, but it was mostly like still in the thousands, 1500 range, a lot of the people mm-hmm. and no songs on the radio. It was just, you know, word of mouth and, you know, that we didn't have Spotify back then even. It's oh like, yeah, sure. It's like CDs. I mean, but we did the business. You know, we did the business. We were, we had our own label. We did the distribution. We did the, we did the selling. With, with my first solo album, I, I literally sold 
uh, 7,000 CDs in one day by signing each and every CD. You know how many hours that was? Oh, my <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> No, but we, we've always, like, I've always had that hustler spirit in me where, you know, back in the days, uh, our music, a lot of labels didn't, didn't touch it. Mm-hmm. They were like, eh, eh, eh. So we needed to learn everything by ourselves. I learned everything. I learned to write, to compose, to mix our own songs because we didn't have money to do distribution, to, you know, become in the business. Uh, now, I don't do everything anymore, but I know how to do everything. Understand? It's like, yeah. I mean, I talk about having, I mean, that's nowadays, that's kind of what you need to do if you're a younger artist, right? You have to know how to do everything because it's hard to get that support and get people to, to back you and get behind you. And you have a lot of artists now that have to get that TikTok song or a, a Spotify playlist on something maybe they did by their own, you know, by themselves before anyone is willing to even talk to them, right? I mean, it's such yeah, a exactly. world. Well, TikTok is a big tool, man. It's a huge tool these days. A lot of songs are broken on TikTok and I'm like, I never heard this song. And <laughs> right. like, I have kids. I have kids. They'd be singing the songs. Like, where did you hear this? On TikTok. So it's a different I have, I have a teenager as well. And that's, he'll, he'll bring me artists. I'm like, who is this? And it's some TikTok song or exactly. I'll, I'll play a song. And he'll be like, oh, that song was popular on TikTok like eight months ago. I'm like, oh, exactly, I'm a loser. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm late. No, it's just... <laughs> It's just a uh, generation, man. Yeah. Doing those solo shows, I mean, being in the background uh, with Quattro, and although you were the lead singer, one of the lead singers, um, having to go out and kind of entertain the crowd and maybe do banter in between songs, uh, was that, I mean, that must have been a hard kind of thing to, to start off with, or did you just kind of have to put it, put it aside and say, you know what, here it is. I'm going to just go all out and try to do what I can do. You know what my luck was? My luck, luck. The beauty of it, let me put it this way. The beauty uh-huh. of it that people really, really, really loved my album. Okay. So my show, from day one, people would sing from the beginning to the end. So it's almost like a snowball effect. In, uh-huh. you, you, gain, like, you gain like that superpower from, from, from that first show. Like, wow. And the next show, again, the same vibe. So on the third show, you're like, okay, I got this, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know, 100%. And so with this new album, what I was reading about it is this has been like a 10-year process, right? It's been, you've been working on it for 10 years? Is that what I saw? Or, I mean, that's no, kind uh, of eight years no. ago is when you started the solo endeavor. No, no, no. Let me, re- okay. nah, let me, let me, let me, let me explain. Okay. Um, when we, when I started, um, I, I'm very much into R&B and hip hop. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. then comes this genre called Zouk, which is called Kizomba, which, you know, is that danceable, danceable sound. Mm-hmm. The reason my sound became so popular is I made a fusion of those two. I use a lot of hip hop elements. I use a, use a lot of hip hop and, and R&B elements and a lot of in, in my productions and also in the ways that I sing, in the ways that I do my harmony. So, Basically, that today is the Afrobeat of today. The mm. Afrobeat of today is that dope, cool sound that everybody's messing with. So for me, it's like, wow, yes, we are finally here. This is the album that I did today 
that I, I, if I could do what the Afrobeat artists are doing today back then, it wouldn't work because mm -hmm. the people weren't ready for that sound. Now I feel like this is the album I wanted to make 10 years ago, but now I can make it now because the world is ready. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The world is ready. The world, the, 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 the sound-wise, the world is ready. We got the Burner Boys, the Whiskeys, and everybody doing like all these sounds. Because when Burner Boy, Burner Boy came out, I was like, wow, this could have been me, this song right here. One of the songs that they did with Kelpie Vibe is on the low. And I worked with Kelpie Vibe on this album right here. Because of that song, I was like, bro, that sound would have been perfect for me. You understand? But the world wasn't ready. And, and luckily, you know, now the world is. So now I'm tapping right into what's going on. Here's yeah, you're kind of, you're setting yourself up. You already knew, like, this is a sound I love. And then it became, yes. I got it. Now okay. it's, it's, main, it's mainstream. That's what I meant when I say this, the album, like, I wanted to do 10 years ago. I've been working on for 10 years. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was like an idea. I implemented on all my albums, the late three, last three albums, I implemented a little bit of that Afro sound to it, a little mm -hmm. bit, just to see how people would react. You understand? And now it's like, now I'm not trying anymore. So it should be cool gas going. Yeah, that's interesting. Just because you kind of knew, you're like, I love this sound. I know this sound is is something that can work and then it eventually kind of caught on like you're way ahead of the curve <laughs> yeah but that that was kind of like a problem also because in 2018 i already went to south africa to work with uh, a producer called mapurisa mm -hmm. i put them on uh, i put them on my mixtape in this the mixtape came out in 2019 and that song only became viral in 21 and it's today oh, wow. it's my most streamed songs today yeah. on a weekly basis it's like <laughs> because now the world knows you understand was that weird for you to see i mean having the song out from 2018 and then five years later four years later whatever it may be like it just starts doing really well are you like whoa what's going on right now it is weird. It is weird indeed, because I didn't exactly ask myself what's going on. I just, do you still hear me? Sorry. Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Okay. Um, because I put the, put the, so on silent. Uh -oh. um, it is weird in a good way né? to, to, to see that the vision I had like four or five years ago, it's hitting off now. Goes to show that I need to follow my gut way more. And the reason I didn't is because when I was, I would present that to the labels here, they would say, eh, this, the radio won't play this. They, didn't, they just didn't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it kind of demotivates you. Right. It, it, it demotivated me, but I won't let that happen again. Trust me. <laughs> well, you knew, right? You knew way ahead of time. Like, this is going to yeah. work, I promise. And then, of course, you know, it, it happens. I mean, that's so, that's so amazing. Yeah. So going into this album, you knew, like, I I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know I'm just going to go all into, into the sound I knew was going to work 10 years ago. Yeah, 100%. But this album that we have coming out right now, I have it done, like, all, a year ago. Oh, wow. Okay. So when so do you now, start working on Black Butterfly? I, I did read, you know, you're talking about have uh, Teddy Riley was worked with michael jackson two years ago 
two years, now, two years. Yeah, ago. you went to a writing camp. You said he he brought you to a writing camp or something. Yeah, two years ago. We started two years ago. That that was actually the first. Because you know, every time I do an album, it's like you tr- first you're trying to search for what's next. What am I doing next? What's the sound? Where, what's the way? Which wave are we going in? Mm-hmm. And I had already like four to five songs, which I was like, okay, this is nice, but is this the way? And then from that camp came this song, and that's when I was like, okay, this is the way. So that black butterflies also the title name of my album because mm-hmm. that was the song that that put me in the direction of where I was going. So all the other songs were actually build around that one song. Oh, interesting. Like Butterfly. Yeah. And that one came out of that writing camp. So what, like exactly. at these writing camps, like do you work individually and then you kind of get in a group and everyone voices their, you know, opinions on the song? Like, camp. Yeah. How does that work? It was my, it was my first writing camp. So I didn't know exactly how that worked. Because first of all, I was called to that writing camp to write for somebody else. Okay. Me in that period of time, I almost never do that because I'm all, always busy with my own music. Yeah, but at that like period it. in time, I was like, you know what? I'm still searching. I don't know what I'm doing yet. I don't have nothing to do. Let's go. The beauty of it is Teddy really, really, really liked me. And each and every song that we would make as a group, because, you know, you, 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 you have different rooms and you'd be jumping from room to room, listening, vibing. And if you can contribute, you contribute. Mm-hmm. Now, this was happening in my room. I had two songwriters with me. And once we had the song finished, we showed it to Teddy. And Teddy looked at me because the demo, another artist, he, he sang, he sung it just as a demo. And Teddy looked at me and was like, you should sing this. This song should be yours. Me, this whole time, I'm thinking we are making music for somebody else. Right, you and went there to write for somebody else. And now exactly. you created this song. You should, you, should, you should sing this. So what I did, I recorded the song. And I recorded two more songs. And each song that I recorded, which still I think is not for me, he was like, you should keep this. You should keep this. You should do this. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's how it started rolling. I started feeling like, okay, maybe I should do this. Yeah. You're getting co-signed by this massive, legendary guy. And- exactly, because he really, really liked my sound and loved my voice, and he was like, this voice is so unique. You know, to hear that from somebody that did Michael Jackson, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're doing right. this. <laughs> uh, we're, so you go there, and... And you leave with three songs, or is Black Butterfly the one you're like, okay, I'm working? I go left with, with three songs, but I only kept, um, I only kept Black Butterfly, which I felt was more in line of where I wanted to go. The other ones were nice songs, but yeah, not for me. I'm curious to know, like, so when you were writing that, and it was meant to be for someone else where they bummed out <laughs> you're like actually i'm gonna take this <laughs> it's happened uh quite a, a few times in the past oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know and it, it even became a trick for me back in the days um when you start a writing process and you think you know what i'm gonna write for whoever you write different you write different right. and then you record it you're trying to record it for that person. And then when it's finished, I lay it there. There was no artist. It's just me in my mind saying I'm doing it for. 
Yeah. And and then it's like, hey, you know what? It's nice. Let's keep it. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, well, because you're in the mindset of like, what would this person, what would, exactly. you know, what sound would work for this person, right? And then exactly. you're like, wait a minute, this is really my song. I'm going to take it. Dope. And yeah. on another, uh, another event, it was more like somebody had a song and they asked me to write it for a girl. Mm-hmm. But the song was so dope. The song is called Something Good. It's, on, it's one of my albums. The reason it got on my album, I recorded the song. I sent it to the producer that sent it to me. And he was like, whoa, no, 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 no. I'm not sending this to the girl anymore. You should keep it. <laughs> Uh, that's so good um, so I kept it yeah yeah so when you leave with this song do you end up working with Teddy on the whole album or was that just the only no. song that he goes okay no no that, that's a whole nother story I mean they were setting something up in Cape Verde at the end of the day I think Teddy didn't stay in Cape Verde he went on to different projects so I did speak to him a few more times are you still on that project and he was like no I'm not and then I was like, ah, you know what? You know, I'm going to go do it in my own way again. So mm-hmm. I didn't uh, continue to work with him. We do have contact, you know, mm-hmm. and um, he's a very nice guy, man. I mean, yeah. I can always reach out to for, for, for ideas or for opinions or, or stuff, you know. <laughs> so once you get back and you know, okay, this this song has sparked something I, where I'm going to build around it to make my album. Uh, how are you just cranking out songs at that point, or was it kind of a long process? Um, you know, from that camp, you know, there were different songwriters there. Um, there was this one uh, guy called Jay Soul who actually got me on the camp. So shout out to Jay Soul for that. Mm-hmm. Um, who is also a big songwriter, uh, did a lot with with, with Teddy and and them. And there was another um, songwriter called Dacom. Another uh, songwriter called Errol Benjamin. Now, Dacom's work with Chris Brown. Errol Benjamin's work with Beyonce. You know, <laughs> the, the, this is the room. Now, we yeah. became, we connected immediately. There were a lot of other, other songwriters in the room, but we connected immediately. So when I heard their craft, when I saw what they did, I was like, I want to use these guys to work with me on my new album, especially Daycom. Actually, 50 or 60% of my album I wrote with Daycom. Oh, wow. Who is a super dope, super fast songwriter, super fresh. So the assignment was this. Listen to my old songs. Listen to what I do now. Listen to what I've done. I want us to take Nelson Freitas to Nelson Freitas 2.0. Like, I don't want to lose my essence. But I need to come different. You know, it took a few months before we finally hit the studio, but I got him here to Portugal. We did a, a week sessions and we got five songs out of that. Wow. Like quick, fast, quick, fast. Um, so that was the, that was also really good from the camp. You know, it's mm-hmm. like everything happens for a reason, you know? Yeah, not only did you get the title track to the album, but you met these other people that you ended up working with on the album. Exactly. Wow. 
And so, well, you released a song, I think, late last year, earlier last year. Um, and I think it was is Hero, correct? Is that on yeah. the album or is that was that just a single that no. you put out prior? That is that is on the album. That's the oh, first okay. single off the album. I released it in October. Mm-hmm. Now I released one last week. I'm releasing another one in two weeks, two, three weeks, and then straight the album comes straight with it. Awesome. Are you doing like a tour to support the album? I know you're planning. A- yeah. Well, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, we are. Now we are, first of all, I'm doing some release parties. Mm-hmm. We're doing one in Portugal, straight with the album release. Then I'm going to Angola. Then I go to Cape Verde. Then I go to USA. Um, wow. th- those are the, the, the places where we, where we used to kick off, kick off the album. Mm-hmm. And every time I release a single and the next single, like the shows, they just come in. So we build our tour around the, um, the shows that come in, the, 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 like you know, demand. we have, we have a lot of uh, connections already throughout the world over the years. Yeah. So we, we already can define who are the players that we want to work with so you know the tour is built around that and then you know the summer is all is always like the summer you know summer starts in in, in may out here so the, the shows are gonna thank god i hope to god they're gonna pour in and then it's yeah. just a question of setting it in a, in an agenda that it makes sense and that it's doable that's how it's been going over the past years like we don't sit and okay now we're gonna plan it's based off connection, based off what's coming in, and based off should I do this one? Should I don't? Should I not do this one? Is this a good one? Is this not a good one? Is this going to take me anywhere further? Yeah, then let's do this. You know, it's it's all strategic. Yeah, that's cool. That's such a great place to be in. Obviously, I mean, to be able to have all these offers come in, and you can kind of pick and choose what's going to be the best for you versus like just hoping that someone or or trying to plan out this whole thing. Okay. I'm doing, I've got to do all these dates and hope, hopefully people are going to show up. Like you've kind of been able to make a name for yourself in the way where you can build it around what you want to do in your schedule. Well, yeah. I mean, but that's experience, man. It's the years of experience and yeah, it's, it's a blessing. It's definitely a blessing. That's awesome. Well, well, Nelson, I appreciate your time. I mean, uh, with this album is, Obviously, you've got two two songs from it out now. Is that kind of the vibe for the whole record, or is there a song on there that you like super special to you? Um, the next single is going to be special. Okay, <laughs> I mean they're all special, you know. Sure, all yeah, it's kind of a weird question. Got a, it's got a vibe because I cho- I chose twelve songs on the album, mm-hmm. but I made about twenty something tracks. I mean. Oh wow! These are these are the ones that made it. They they have a special feeling for me because because when when you make all these songs, like I, I keep listening to them like on a daily basis, and and it, and if I don't want to listen to one song anymore, it's off. It's off the rest. It's not going on. It's like it didn't okay. catch my attention long enough. Sure. So these songs are all special, and you know some more special than the other ones, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the more special ones are the singles. Okay, so, that's yeah. awesome. And I and you grew up, you know, kind of watching your your uncle DJ, and that's where was kind of an intro to you. Was it is that a process? Just even picking once you you've realized what okay, these are the songs that are going to make the album. Like putting them in order 
as far as like a track listing goes, is that uh, a process you enjoy? Definitely, definitely, because it's something that we do here, internal, in the house. Mm-hmm. Me, uh, my kids, my wife. We, oh, we, cool. We, Everyone gets together. One? Everybody gets together like we're listening. It's like what, what feels natural. You know, you, 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 you take the beginnings and the endings of the song. If the ending is, is, is abrupt, does it go? The next song starts slow. You know, it's like it's a whole process. But it's a beautiful process, you know? It's like, it's, it's almost like, okay, the, 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 the job is done. And this is just, you know, getting ready for, for the album, for the, for the release of it. And then even the cover. I mean, I made like three or four different covers for this album. Really? Uh, and I, yeah, and I chose one. Even on the, listen, even on the mixes, when I do the mixing of my song, I try to find a, find a certain sound. And I did like, Imagine I did one or two songs. I had the mix by three different guys. Oh who's wow! Giving me this, who's giving me that sound that I really want for this album? Mm-hmm. Is but that per song? You know, it's it's, yeah. it's like I pay, I pay, I pay them. Yeah, they're paying you for your job. It's not like doing experience and then no, it's yeah. not going to be you. No, it, it, that's <laughs> job. It's, sure. it's coming out or not? It's something else. Right, right, right. But do you do, do you do that for all? Did you do that for all the songs on the record? You had m- multiple no, mixes, no, no, no. or just the full the full album? You try to find one one certain sound. Got it. To for the yeah. album, so I, I picked like one or two strong songs, like Black, mm-hmm. Black Butterfly, for example, and I did like the mix with two three two three different people just to see who's mm-hmm. gonna give me that warm, nice sound. Got it. Okay. And and actually, that's the guy who makes my whole album. Wow, that's really that's a cool process. I've never heard anyone talk about that. Yeah, before. it's called Paul Frey from Holland, actually. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you again, Nelson, for doing this, man. I appreciate your time. I'm looking forward to the album. I like the two songs that you've put out thus far. And uh, I have thank one you. more question for you. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Definitely put in the work, you know, don't try to become a celebrity overnight, especially these days. Everything is super fast. People think, think you have one song on TikTok and you're all of a sudden you're a celebrity. No, put in the work, you know, no shortcuts, like go all the way, like study, like do the whole, do everything, do everything. It's going to help you in the long run. Otherwise, it's going to be all these one day flies, which is, uh, which we have a lot. Put in the work, love what you do, read about it, study, you know, do the work. <laughs>